0: Warning, the following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive, the show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is The Americans. Today, we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 1, creatively titled, Pilot. Okay, let me just start off by saying, I adore the Americans. I freaking love this show so much. I love everything about it. It is absolute perfection. Uh, I was really sad when it ended. Last year, but now, like, I'm just, I'm so pumped to get back into it. I'm so excited to just go from beginning to end all over again on The Americans and just dive into literally every single piece of it. God, this show's amazing. And this pilot is really good. It is a freaking fantastic pilot episode to an amazing series. Like, it perfectly establishes everything you need to know about the world, about the characters, about this uh, story that's being built up. It perfectly sets the stage for this magnificent saga. All while being just freaking brilliant on its own. Merits, just as a singular thing, a standalone deal. I honestly forgot how perfectly this pilot stands on its own. You could actually watch this first episode just alone, without even touching the other 74 episodes of The Americans. And still feel satisfied walking away. You could still... Feel like, you got a really great, complete story. Like, you got, like, this amazing A to B narrative just in this hour and ten minutes. Now, obviously, I do not recommend only watching this episode, because there are 74 others that are even better. But, like, it's remarkable how well this stands on its own in a series that is mostly serialized. It's remarkable how close this comes to almost feeling like a separate thing. Sort of like a proof of concept, which I guess is what a pilot is, but still. Like, for something like The Americans, it's kind of remarkable that this pilot stands on its own... So perfectly well. Uh, before we get into the specifics of this pilot, uh, I feel like I should, right off the bat, praise some of the technical stuff. Uh, this is a brilliantly directed series, uh, brilliantly made series. The filmmaking on display here is fantastic. Uh, the performances. Oh my God, the performances are incredible. Everyone in this show, uh, Kerry Russell, Matthew Reese. Uh, Noah Emmerich, everyone gives an amazing performance. Uh, Not all of them have their time to shine in this episode. There are a few characters that are better utilized later on. uh, A few actors whose talents are better capitalized on later on in the series. Uh, But everyone in this show is great. Everyone in this show is amazing. I'm amazed There weren't like a million times more Emmys given out than there actually were because like, yeah, there were a lot of Emmys given to the Americans this year, but really like they were silent at the Emmys for the five years previous. And they absolutely should have been taking home all the Emmys every single year because holy crap, this is an incredible ensemble cast Uh, and Kerry Russell and Matthew Rhys in particular are amazing together. They're absolutely incredible. And I love how perfectly this first episode establishes these characters, like, instantaneously. Like, there doesn't have to be, like, any build-up. You kind of just meet them, and instantly you get what the deal is with every single one of them. Uh, The thing I really love about this series most, above all else, is the fact that they are able to take two Soviet spies in America right in the middle of the Cold War. Two spies from another nation actively trying to extract intelligence from the U.S. Like, there's a solid several-decade period where these two characters are the literal devil. But this show's so freaking fantastic that it's able to go in there, take these two characters... And beautifully humanize them. Beautifully bring them down to Earth. And do literally everything possible to get you to relate to them. There's so many aspects to these characters that can be identified with on a human level. Dedication to their country. That can be identified with. Love for their family. That can be identified with. Crisis of faith questioning of loyalties as is very prominently displayed in this episode in particular that can very easily be identified with. Like there's so many things. Uh, one of the characters in this episode deals with uh sexual assault. and that can obviously be, be identified with like, there's so many human qualities to them that are so divorced from borders divorced from arbitrary lines of countries. And it doesn't matter that these are literal Russian spies and for several decades these characters were the literal devil. Like, it doesn't matter. You instantly care for them. You instantly root for them. You are instantly engaged in their arcs. You are instantly invested in what happens to them. Uh, It's very Breaking Bad-esque, In that sense, where they just craft, like, the quintessential antihero by taking someone whose actions are objectively bad, objectively horrible for everyone around them, and yet they do it for very good reasons that are very identifiable. In fact, this... I remember, this came out, this started to air... The year-breaking bad ended. And for a lot of people, this really did fill that void. For so, so many reasons. Uh, But right at the beginning, uh, you very quickly identify with Philip and Elizabeth Jennings. And you sort of get why they're doing what they're doing and their internal struggles... Uh, In doing these things, Uh, the questions that surface of like, well, wait, why are we really doing this? And trying to find a happy medium between their two very opposite viewpoints on how to proceed. Philip initially wanting to defect, and Elizabeth initially wanting to just be like, No, I love my country, and we should do everything our country tells us to. And they kind of reach this happy medium where it's just like, okay, like, we're not going to defect. We're still going to do this, but we're not going to follow the letter of what we are told. Like, we're not going to necessarily go 100%, but we are still going to do, like, the spirit of our orders. Uh, And you kind of see this signified... Where they break, they break the number one rule at the end of the episode, and they tell each other about their lives before this mission that they're on. Uh, And I also, I'm jumping around my notes a lot, but I also love these flashbacks that we see of them initially being trained and then being brought together and then going to America uh, across this five year period. Uh, they're very minimalistic, they say so much with so little, and they are so perfectly handled, and I love everything about them. Uh, and you get Stan Beeman, as well, as someone who is just transferred over to counterintelligence from, uh, from like, some undercover work with a white supremacist group. And you kind of get the gist of his whole deal very, very early on, where he's just very, very eager to serve his country. He's very, very eager to do his best in the FBI and to do whatever it takes to bring the bad guys down. In one case, it was bank robbers. In one case, it was white supremacist groups. And in the next, it was... Russians. Now it's Soviet spies. And so you get like the gist of his character immediately and oh my god, we have only scratched the surface. Stan is my favorite. We're gonna talk about Stan so much throughout this show. It's gonna be real good. Uh, They also do a very good job of establishing the types of spy games that we see throughout this entire show. Of course the macro being that like These are two Russian spies who went to America, who speak only English, only in American accents. They can't speak a word of Russian once they're here, uh, as Sitwell from the Marvel movies says. Which, by the way, Sitwell from the Marvel movies is in this thing. (laughs) Like, that is... That is simultaneously a big get and... Not a very huge get at the same time. I don't know. Like, it's big for me, but I'm sure The Americans was better for his career than the bit parts he played in a couple of Marvel movies. Uh, so you get that macro. Also, they have freaking kids, which, holy crap, that opens like a whole can of worms, which we're gonna be discussing so much over the next few months, cause... Damn! Uh, But we also get, like, sort of the day-to-day processes. Uh, you see all their disguises. You see sort of how they interrogate people without knowing that they're being interrogated. Uh, I especially love when Philip goes in as Clark and talks to Martha and tries to extac- extract some... FBI intelligence from her by, like, posing as this official dude, uh, running some audit or whatever. Like, it's just, like, it's this totally run-of-the-mill, not-at-all-questionable thing, like, that's totally normal, that totally feels all on the up-and-up, like, Philip does a great job of selling the story, and, like, Martha never knows that she's giving information to the Russians. She never knows that she's the leak in that office at any point. Like, it's really, really great. Uh, And I especially love this opening sequence where we see Elizabeth uh, seducing this one idiotic government dude having sex with him, uh, getting information out of him because he's an idiot. And then, like, three days later, uh, finding this one defector and chasing him down. I I love how, like, they're spying on this dude, and Philip and this other guy are just doing casual sports talk. (laughs) Like, that's just... That just feels right for an opening sequence. And then they have this big epic chase. Like, it's a great opening sequence, uh... This one guy gets stabbed or shivved or whatever the terminology is. He gets punctured with Blade. Uh, (laughs) And they just drop him off at a hospital. And they're just like, okay, you're going as a John Doe. Uh, You're going to be great. You're going to be good. Uh, Go away after this is done. All right, bye. (laughs) And they just drive off. It's real great. It's real, real good. Uh, And the whole plot line with this defector is brilliantly done. Uh, I love the ratcheting tension of, like, they're just trying to live their normal lives while this dude is hiding in... Well, not hiding. While this dude is being held in their trunk, and they're trying to sort of skate past the lies of him being in the trunk, like... Hey, we got a new car for a uh, temporary amount of time because uh, this one has has car trouble. it has uh, it has car trouble uh... And <laughs> like just lies like that, little things that just keep adding uh, that just keep building up and 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 up, and up throughout this entire episode. And Philip and Elizabeth keep having these clashes about what to do with him. Uh, Should just kill him now or uh, wait for the center to tell us where to drop him. And they're kind of going back and forth on it. They don't know what to do. They've just gone uh, completely, like, they're just running around headless. Uh, Philip, at one point, considers defecting because things are going so bad. And he hears that this one dude got paid like a crap ton of money. Like, hey, we'd get a lot of money, and uh, we'd get out in front of this. Everything would be great. Everything's gonna be cool. And Elizabeth's like, no, screw you. And I love this moment where where Philip says, like, what is that bad about America? We've been here for years, decades now. How is America that bad? Electricity always works. Food's pretty great. Like. How, why is it that bad? Like, he's actively saying, like, okay, so, um, Soviet Union, they've been telling us our entire lives, America sucks, America's the worst. Why? (laughs) Why is it horrible? (laughs) Exactly what is the problem? Like, it's so, so good... And he even goes as far as to free him for, like, five seconds and is ready to hand him over to Stan Beeman as, like, the ratcheting tension of Stan Beeman moving in across the street. That total coincidence is sort of reaching its fever pitch. And, like, he's about to go out there. And then Elizabeth's like, no, screw you, and then fights this dude in the garage, and Phillips just looking on, like, what the, what do I even do here? And then the dude talks about how he hurt her and how they allowed, uh, they allowed him to have his way with her. It was one of the perks of the job. Uh, we could, we could have our way with the cadets. And Philip's like, he has this moment of confusion, like, What is he talking about? And we saw already in one of the flashbacks that, like, this dude flat-out raped her. This dude flat-out raped Elizabeth way back in the training days. And then Philip kind of puts two and two together and just gets real mad. And just abandons all his defection talk right there and just kills the dude. Then they dispose of the body and have sex. Like, he just decided in that moment... Like, screw this. I don't care what'll happen. I don't care what the repercussions are. You raped my wife. You're dead. Like, it just shows where Philip's true loyalties lie. Like, he is loyal to his family way more than his country and the only reason the only really he, reason he really does what he does is because he sort of he sort of has to at this point like he's too deep he can't get out we also have stan moving in which i kind of mentioned already but i love how this is handled like, by all accounts, this is just a typical new neighbor deal. It's like, oh, we got a new neighbor. Hi, how are you? Here's some brownies. I'm in FBI counterintelligence. Oh, shit, we're screwed. <laughs> like, it, it's totally normal, totally normal, totally normal, totally normal. I'm FBI counterintelligence. Crap. And, like, this, there's this paranoia. That builds because of it. Where they're just like. Okay. Is this a coincidence? Or are they on to us? Are we blown? And uh, of course it's a coincidence. Of course there's obviously a coincidence there. There's no reason they'd be blown. But it's this nice little added deal in there. Where it's just like. Now they have to be way more careful. Now they have to be. uh, Way less suspicious. They have to be. Uh, much more <laughs> much more cautious about what they do and when and I also like how like Stan his FBI radar kicks in and he's like man I like Philip there's something off about him though and I love how like he has it right for about two seconds and then his wife is like Oh yeah, 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 there's definitely something off about him. Also, like, this guy, I think he sells drugs. And the mailman, like, I got some feelings about the mailman. Like, just ripping into stance, like, no, stop. Turn your FBI brain off. Like, there's nothing wrong here. They're just perfectly nice, ordinary, boring people. She is so wrong. (laughs) It's like... Like, you were right for two seconds. And then you let normal people talk you down from that ledge. Oh, I also... And I completely forgot about this subplot. I love this subplot of Philip sort of stumbling upon this pedophile at the mall. And there's this great sequence at the mall where as philip is trying on cowboy boots and doing the typical dad thing of just going out of his way to embarrass his daughter <laughs> which is so perfect uh he sees this one guy this one jackass like walk in like Walking with a young girl, grabbing her ass. The dude, like, flat out hits on his daughter, Paige. And he, like, gets in his face and it's like, dude, he's 13. She looks ready for me. Yeah, I can't talk. She looks ready to me. It's like, ugh, it's so disgusting! It's so vile and disgusting and I hate it! And then it was so, so satisfying when, towards the end of the episode, Philip just goes to this dude's house and beats the crap out of him. Just like, hey, no more teenage girls, or I'll be back. <laughs> Takes this freaking poker thing and just stabs him in the balls with it. Like, oh, yes! He deserved that. He so, so deserved that. And it did show, like, how... A, Philip has a moral compass, and B, he genuinely cares about his family. He genuinely cares about his kids. And I just love all these moments where the Jennings are just being a happy family. Like, they're just sitting them down for breakfast. And going to the mall, and getting ice cream, and just having a grand old time. Uh, I talked about how Philip actively... (laughs) actively went out of his way to embarrass his teenage daughter (laughs) by trying on cowboy boots (laughs) and doing a little dance in the store. (laughs) Uh, He comments on, like, the... the, uh, not-so-innocent nature of Paige's outfit as they go to the mall. Like, hey, remember when she was wearing, like, a sweater with a bunny on it? (laughs) Like... Like, he's just being a normal dad. Elizabeth's being a normal mom. Uh, These kids, who have no idea what's going on, are totally normal. Like, it's just, it's all good. It's all great. And then occasionally, there's little nods to the fact that they're Russian. When, like, Paige talks about how uh, she has to write a paper on how the Russians are cheating on arms deals. And Elizabeth is like, Hey, who's the teacher for that? And just flat out insults the teacher. Uh, Henry takes uh, Philip to a school function, and they sing the Star Spangled Banner. And you can tell Philip is visibly uncomfortable singing it. Uh, they're talking about like how this one dude went into space but didn't land on the moon. And, <laughs> and Elizabeth flat out says, and I love this, she flat out says, Well, going to the moon isn't everything. Just getting into space is a remarkable accomplishment. Because the Russians got into space first. <laughs> like they're just little nods like that throughout this entire episode throughout a lot of the series and it's so perfectly done like it's just tiny little reminders during these delightful family moments where it's just like all oh, right they're Soviet spies i forgot about that oh and there's also this ending which i love where stan briefly acts on his suspicions and investigates the garage He doesn't find anything like he looks in the trunk because the car matches the description, but doesn't find anything. And he's like, well, (laughs) that was stupid of me. Leaves the garage and then it just goes back to behind these shelves and Philip just has a gun drawn ready to shoot him like, oh, my God, it's so good. It's such a good ending. This is a great pilot. This is such a great way to start off this series. Like, it hits on everything I love about this show. And, my God, it is just the beginning. We got 74 more episodes to go, and every single one of them is great. Every single one of them is fantastic, and I cannot wait to dive into this show uh, deeper and deeper and deeper as we go along. Like, there's so much I want to mention, but I can't, because spoilers, so... I guess I'll just end it there, I guess. And wait for other episodes to come up before I talk more about this show. God! God, why can't I just do all 75 episodes today and release it all at once? (laughs) Oh God, could you imagine if I did that? Everyone who listened to this podcast would hate me. If I just did all 75 episodes one after the other after the other after the other and just kept <laughs> and just kept releasing them, like no one would want to listen to this. Everyone would unsubscribe to the feed and everyone would hate me. Uh, so I guess I'll just do a stupid daily schedule. Meh <laughs> uh, I had to watch this episode this show originally weekly with Year-long breaks, but oh, I guess I'll do it daily now. <laughs> if you like this, favorite the podcast Anchor.fm slash TV Archives so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in. As well, it's as simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, tomtom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark. Pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Tomorrow we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 2. Talk to you then.